few episodes back, we discussed how different athletic prime Ric Flair was from old man Ric Flair, but don't sleep on the abilities of the aging nature boy. I wouldn't say Ric Flair had a second prime, but it was definitely a second wind. After his longtime home promotion of WCW finally went under, Flair found himself, at age 53, as an on-screen character, but not a wrestler, for WWE. But retirement was not to be. I don't know if it was Flair himself, or someone in management, or someone on the writing staff, but someone wondered if the old man still had it in him, and WWE decided to find out. At WrestleMania 18, Flair was positioned against The Undertaker, one of the most storied performers in the history of North American wrestling. On paper, it was a gruesome mismatch. Taker was 15 years younger than Flair, 10 inches taller, and at least 100 pounds heavier, and in the middle of an utterly ruthless period of his career. But as you may recall from our Ric Flair Terry Funk episode, there's more fight in the old man than you might imagine, especially if, as The Undertaker did, you managed to drag Flair's children into the rivalry. What Flair lacked in physical power and ability, he more than made up for with sheer old man craziness. Today, on I Hate Wrestling, it's Ric Flair versus The Undertaker. Grandpa fights. Hi Nicole. Hi Matt. We're recording from the bottom of a well today. Apparently. Uh, folks, I'm going to do my damnedest to get rid of a lot of this echo in post, but who's to say how successful I'll be? Right, and we have no idea why this is happening. No idea. I'm a professional. As am I. I have a microphone now, so you, I'm a professional. You have a microphone, and I do not have a microphone. My microphone is oh, broken. Shit. Yeah, so I am just sort of crouched over my computer right now. I have to think it's the connection somehow, since it's both of us. Both of us. One of us. One of us. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I had, uh, I had a little bit of an echo with Renee's episode, uh. but I don't have any crackling, which I had a little bit the last time we recorded. Uh. It's an adventure. Yeah, every time is different. So, Nicole, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me again. Of course, we had such a good time last time talking about gold dust. Yes, my favorite. Your favorite gold dust. And we all know that you love gold dust, you love your Rocky Horror, you love your drag queen theatrics, and the only thing you love more than that is old men bleeding everywhere. Yes, absolutely. Why did you volunteer for today's episode specifically? I don't really know. <laughs> Honestly. I just had a lot of fun last time, and you had made that post and asked if anyone wanted to take any of them, and I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Old men wrestling. So this isn't so much a wrestling match. This is more of a of a horrifying street fight. <laughs> Perfect. It's I like, guess I wanted the antithesis of gold dust. Yeah, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of gold dust to be found here. This is kind of like you remember in Watchmen yes. when those guys beat the shit out of Night Owl 1? Well, he beats them up for a little while and then they just kind of beat him to death. Yes. It's kind of that as a pro wrestling match. 
Cool. I love Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> when I sent you when I sent you the the homework, you said to me, "Oh, cool. I know the Undertaker." Yes. Undertaker is one of the one of the big ones that most people know. Um, you watched the homework, right? Yes, I did. Okay, so are you familiar with this particular period in the Undertaker's career? See, I don't know officially. I, I know the Undertaker because, again, my childhood best friend loved pro wrestling. Right. And I only really watched it with her. So funny story. Her dad was an Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> like so a real funeral him. professional? Yes. Maker of funerary boxes, coffins, if you will? Yes. That was his job. He literally worked <laughs> the graveyard shift at a graveyard digging graves. That's amazing. Her dad is tattooed from neck to toe, really long hair, predominantly rides a motorcycle everywhere, very scary looking man, one of the nicest humans I've ever met. Okay. So he is an undertaker in many senses. Because he's literally an undertaker, but you also could be describing the pro wrestler known as the undertaker. Exactly. So I know of the undertaker because Jade naturally had an affinity for this man. Though I don't know where this fits. (laughs) So you're probably familiar with the goth dad period of the undertaker where he kind of had the eyeliner and the long hair, long stringy hair, fingerless gloves kind of... Probably. Pleather cape. Yeah, that sounds right. The cape sounds right. Okay, so yeah. The Undertaker has had quite a uh, a career metamorphosis. So the, he started out as like a literal zombie. They would put corpse paint on him, and he had like Dexter's Lab gloves, like purple kitchen gloves. I think I remember that too. Okay, so he went from that to the Ministry of Darkness version of The Undertaker which is sort of the long stringy hair and the all-black attire and the, uh, the satanic elements. And, like, that's the version that threw Mick Foley off the cage. Okay, that one I know, yeah. Okay, so after that, he disappeared for a little while and came back as, like, a motorcycle dad. Uh-huh. Like an evil motorcycle dad. And he still called himself The Undertaker, but there were no more explicit supernatural elements to his character. Okay, yeah, then this is probably when Jade moved on. Okay. Away from him, because yeah. it was no longer like her family life. Well, he's still he's still very tattooed and still very motorcycly, but he's not so much spooky anymore. He's still yeah, scary. I think, I think the spooky was key. Yeah, not spooky, but still scary, because he's still nearly seven feet tall. And, well, you watched the homework, yes? Yes, I did. Okay, so what did you think about The Undertaker here? What kind of sense did you get about what The Undertaker is as a person? (sighs) Okay, I have thoughts. Okay. To start with, I really like that he made his punches seem real by grunting or saying, like, Every time you punch it. As if that sound is what it really sounds like when you punch someone. I also loved the commentators when he is taking his sweet ass time describing that he beat up Ric Flair's son. Being like, 
What the hell's this? Yeah, right. What the hell? What's going on? What Under, the hell? What is this? Like they just have no clue what he means. Right. It was like very clear. So because uh, if every, everybody else hasn't watched the homework, so what we're describing is the Undertaker has challenged retired wrestler Ric Flair to a match. And Ric Flair said no because he's retired. And he's like 50 plus years old at this point. Obviously. Undertaker himself, I think, is, is 40 plus. Also obviously. Right. Hence the episode title Grandpa Fight. But he's challenged Ric Flair to a fight. Ric Flair said no. So he pulls out Ric Flair's best friend, Arn Anderson, who our listeners will remember from the episode with Jinx. Yes. Uh, Ric Flair's longtime best friend. That, that episode was about them having a falling out. Clearly, by this point in 2002, they'd patched things up. So Undertaker kind of beats the hell out of this guy who's looking even more like a gym teacher than he was before. And that didn't inspire Ric Flair to fight him. So what Undertaker does is he comes out, he stands in the ring, and he, he plays this video where he's, he says, I paid a visit to Ric Flair's son. And the announcers are like, well, what could that mean? <laughs> what the hell? Right. I think it's pretty clear that it meant that he went and found Ric Flair's son and beat him up. But yeah, that's he then, what I got. Yeah, and then he clarifies that by showing the video of him going and finding Ric Flair's son, beating him up, and going, burr, burr. Every time he hits him. Right. And I distinctly saw, because of a bad camera angle, him punching his own hand to look like he beat him up. Well. At least once, if not twice. Listen, you can't punch, you saw David Flair. I know. You can't punch David Flair for real, he will die. No. I know, but I just love that that makes it more convincing. Like you're gonna hit your own hand and be like, eh. <laughs> "Wow, I punched him." <laughs> so what kind of so believable? So what what did you think about David Flair? Poor little kid. I know. He was just like doing little practice moves. He didn't deserve that fake ass beating. Yeah, I mean, it's a fake ass beating, but there are parts of it that are pretty... Like, he does slam him into that drywall into hard enough lockers. to crack it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's bleeding pretty bad. So... That part was real. Right. So, David Flair is not in a good way. And even if, you know, they show him here training to be a wrestler. And even when he was a fully-fledged wrestler, he was not a match for The Undertaker. Oh, God, no. David Flair was not his father. <laughs> Actually, Ric Flair's daughter, Charlotte, is probably the best pure athlete of the entire family. Well, that's amazing. She's, she's built like the goddamn Undertaker. She's amazing. Yes. Well, related to that, what I found the most disturbing, and actually vaguely Goldust-like, was that he beats him up in the bathroom. Yeah. Already, A, some gay porn vibes happening. Um, B... He beats him up. He gets down on the floor with him and, like, cuddles him. In the shower. In the shower. He has his arm around him like, oh, you poor thing. This is on your head. These are on your hands, Ric Flair. This is your fault I did this to your son in the shower. Like, like Rick, it's your fault. 
you made me beat up your son in the bathroom and then spoon him in the shower. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough. Well, and then he's like, you have a little brother? No, you have a sister. And I was like, are you like threatening to rape Ric Flair's daughter? Because that's what it sounds like. Charlotte would kick his fucking ass, I swear to God. <laughs> well, I know that now, but not knowing that she's like yeah. the size of her father. And he's like, oh, you have a little sister. She's bigger like, than her father. Yeah. and then she, Well, she, not at this like, point. At this point, she was like 12. <laughs> yeah. And that he's just like, I don't care what I have to do to get you to wrestle. Right. I have a daughter. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You're like threatening to do some creepy pedophile shit to a little girl to wrestle this man. Yes. Yeah, what so, happened to you? Right. Well, yeah, how far you've fallen since the days when you were literally trying to do human sacrifices. <laughs> exactly. I'm so disappointed. Yeah, so Undertaker is a monster here, is the upshot. And Ric Flair is also a little bit of a monster, right? More from, than a little bit. Right. So from what we've, uh, what we've learned about Ric Flair in... The Arn Anderson episode, we found out he's a monster. He's very, as far as him being like a crazy, selfish hedonist. Right. And we found out in the Terry Funk episode that he can be capable of extreme violence when he's pushed. Uh, he's not normally like that. But he can be pushed into a corner, he will fight tooth and nail. So, Undertaker is basically looking for a way to humiliate Ric Flair on the grandest stage he possibly can, but in doing so, he possibly runs the risk of waking up that animalistic part of Ric Flair that will fight tooth and claw. I have a feeling that he did that. You have a feeling, huh? Well, since you described this as like a street brawl, yeah, and not like West Side Story. <laughs> no, there's no snapping. There's no yeah, skipping. I'm, I'm assuming it's pretty violent. Yeah. Speaking of which, everybody, there was a great SNL sketch with uh, Norm Macdonald as the leader of a West Side Story style street gang. Oh my God. And Robert Downey Jr. is his like lieutenant. How have I never seen this? Oh, it's so good. And, and they're talking about. Ah, you know what? Uh, what are we gonna do when the uh, when the cobras get here? He goes, "I'll tell you what we're gonna do." <laughs> and Norm's just like, "What?" <laughs> and RDJ starts doing like pirouettes and leaping through the air, and Norm's like, "This is not gonna work." <laughs> and they That's set amazing. they set up an ambush. And the cobras show up, and everybody was supposed to be hiding, like, and they would come out and surround the cobras, and then they would rumble. Right. So, so Norm's standing by himself, and they're like, oh, look, it's some itty-bitty shark all by himself. He goes, all by myself, huh? Well, Johnny. And RDJ, like, fucking skips out and strikes a pose, and he goes, uh-oh. <laughs> And then they start coming out one by one and not at all surrounding the other guys. They're just like lining up face to face. And Norm just looks horrified. 
and then the co- and then the cobras start doing the same thing, and they just start basically tangling with each other, and Norm just walks off. I love that. I'm gonna look that up as soon as we're done. Uh oh. It's so great. I was thinking of um, Flight of the Concords second season. Brett and Jermaine. Season one, they get jumped. Season two, for some reason, Brett starts a street gang <laughs> called the Tough Bretts. <laughs> and it's like an old Asian woman and Brett and <laughs> various other characters. But they start, you know, snapping. And they're like, stay cool, Brett. <laughs> and he like... Ends up just dancing by himself through the city because he's pissed. And then he just stops and, like, walks home. <laughs> I, I liked on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia when Frank said he was going to get his old gang back together. Yes. And Mac is like, I thought, why are they just singing? And he goes, well, of course we sing. We're a gang. <laughs> and it's just like 80-year-old men doing barbershop quartet. Exactly. That's what gangs do. They sing. Right. Frank Reynolds. Oh. The garbage man. The trash man. The trash oh, the man. The trash man. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so, oh, I forgot to ask you. Oh. In the interim, between the end of the last episode and now, yes. have you started hating wrestling again? Uh, I haven't really watched it since our show. So Fine. I guess, yes. Fine, it counts. I'm going to prove you wrong again. Okay. No, I haven't watched any. I haven't rewatched Glow. I haven't done anything related to wrestling, actually. That's fine. Besides volunteering for this and listening to your podcast. Well, that's all I can ask for. I know. Okay. Oh, which, by the way. Yes. Um, if we ever refer to your episode with Jinx again, I am now only referring to Jinx as the Golden Boy. The Golden Boy. That's his name. So your new tag name, your tag team name, I guess, is The Golden Boy. The Golden Boys. And unusual. <laughs> I'll just be his. I'll just be his manager, uh, whistling, whistling Jim. There you go. <laughs> I feel like that works just as well as strange and unusual. Yeah. Oh my God, I. I laughed so there were tears coming down my face when he's describing the golden boy, which, in a way, kind of got jacked by gold dust. I thought that too, actually. Because when Jinx was coming up with that, that must have been like eighty-eight, eighty-nine, when Gold Dust was still Dustin Runnels at that point, or Dustin Rhodes. So he he was still like six years away from putting on the gold tights. So, so really, Goldust owes Jinx some royalties, I think. Oh, no. I'm so conflicted right now. <laughs> Is there oh. trouble in the family? Hey, I am the daughter of Goldust. That's right. The, these family ties are treacherous. Exactly. Now I'm going to have to wrestle one of my best friends. And your dad. And my dad. Maybe. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh. Shit's getting weird. It's like a soap opera. 
Uh, well, it, I've heard many times pre- pro wrestling described as a soap opera. Yes. A bloody, bloody soap opera. <laughs> okay, so are you all ready, Nicole? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, everybody, if you want to watch along with us, we are watching uh, The Undertaker versus Ric Flair from WrestleMania 18. Uh, it's, a, it's a hell of a match. Uh, here's a little bit of a content warning. There is blood. There will be blood. Yeah. Old. Yeah, blood doesn't bother me for whatever reason. And yeah, I just wanted something, the antithesis of our gold dust match, which I think this is. And it's probably more reflective of me watching wrestling that I don't see or like. Yeah, probably. To see if I would actually like wrestling now. That's a good point. Okay, so are you ready? Yes. All right, three, two, one. And go. Oh, yeah, you punch that screen, Undertaker. Yeah, so we're kind of seeing a little graphic here of Undertaker uh, punching at the screen. And we see Ric Flair in his on-screen graphic. He's wearing a suit to show that he is retired. Oh, okay. Uh, Undertaker at this point was really into Limp Biscuit. (laughs) (laughs) To the point... All right, so we're, we're seeing a little bit of a recap here where The Undertaker was about to beat up The Rock with this uh, tire, tire iron that he keeps on his bike, and Ric Flair basically stopped him from murdering The Rock. Good. Which has made... That man is a national treasure. My God, look at Undertaker in his red hoodie there. So he's going to start snapping. Yeah. And we saw Arn Anderson in the background there. And Good old dad. Yep, here oh, he is. Poor dad. Yep, here he is just laying in. Arn's bleeding everywhere. Oh, poor dad. Yep, a little bit of that beer gut going. Just wanted to talk to you about stocks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and here we go. Oh, just a little baby getting yep. beat up in the bathroom. A little baby David getting beaten up in the shower. And then cuddled. Yep. Oh, that was creepy. Undertaker had blood on his hand and smeared it off on David's shirt. I saw that. I was like, oh. Yep. So David uh, never really became a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but here we see Ric Flair has, has kind of gone off the deep end, just screaming, and there he's retrieved the tire iron from Undertaker. <laughs> so. Anybody. Yeah. So Ric Flair, the crazy old man Ric Flair, might be my favorite version of Ric Flair. As much as I like Ric Flair as sort of, uh, you know, Real life Hulk Hogan. <laughs> well, I was gonna say Ric Flair in his prime as as like this super athlete and a really great technical wrestler. I also love Ric Flair just as desperate madman. Yeah, I was going to say as Bob Barker from Happy Gilmore. (laughs) Just this enraged golf dad throwing punches. Yes, that's great. (laughs) That's so right. So what we're seeing right now is sort of the intro package. Ted Cruz in the background? (laughs) Could be. Well, isn't Ted Cruz only like 35 or something? 
like 12. I don't know. <laughs> Just really badly aged. So what we're seeing right here is that at the time, Ric Flair was the co-owner in storyline of the WWE. And that was put in jeopardy because of him accidentally punching that fan while trying to punch The Undertaker. So basically, one of the results of this match is that if Ric Flair can't beat The Undertaker, then he's out of a job also. So uh, it's high stakes for Mr. Flair. Plus, he might die. Isn't it like always high stakes for him? Well, yeah, especially... I mean, when, when you invest so much of your own self into your character, then yeah, everything's high stakes for Ric Flair. Oh, Limp Bizkit's playing. Yep. Just keep rolling, 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 rolling. Yeah! What? <laughs> so, this is already suspect. Nobody 40-plus in 2002 should have been listening to Limp Bizkit. Nobody should have been listening to Limp Bizkit, period. Well, sure, but if you're 12 years old like Ted Cruz... Yes. ...or Ric Flair's daughter, then you could kind of forgive that. with getting the nookie. Yeah, and, and, and a cookie. And Stick it up your dick. It's like the noise he makes when he punches. <laughs> yes. Well, maybe that's why he got he was so, so tight with Fred Durst. I think, I want to say the year after this, Fred Durst actually played him to the ring. Oh, my God. Like, Fred Durst showed up in his, in his nice red hat. <laughs> to match the red hoodie. Yeah, and... Uh, Played him to the ring, and they did, like, a bro hug. That sounds right. So what do you think of Undertaker's outfit here? We haven't done a lot of fashion critique yet. Is it, is it a cape? No, it's a t-shirt with the sides cut out. That's what I couldn't tell. Like a t-shirt sort of modified into a little poncho. So it's like a giant bib. Yeah. With a front and back. Okay. So now we have Ric Flair... Yep, coming out in his... Oh my god, yes, that outfit. So Ric Flair, always a fan of the uh, the sequin robes. And, and normally he's strutting, but he is walking with a purpose here. Oh yeah, no, he's not taking no shit. Yep, there's no... Don't let the harem nightgown fool you. Right, no sense of a smile here on Mr. Flair. Jesus Christ, oh, he's just going right in. There is no... Oh, look at those tiny ribs! <laughs> I like his red boots too. Yeah, they always match. He always did matching tights and boots. I respect that. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, shit's getting real, real fast. <laughs> I love these sort of. <laughs> oh, they're totally gonna bang later. <laughs> they would have the most ridiculous hate sex. Ah. Also in the shower. Also in the sh exactly. Same shower. It's like, I beat up your son here. Bam, bam, bam. So I love Ric Flair's punches. Um, they're, they look so controlled. Like, he doesn't swing wildly. He's, no, not at all. He's aiming those punches. Even when he's, he's going nuts, he's aiming those punches. Yeah, that is a concerted, concentrated effort. There's yep. nothing extraneous about those punches. I love also that Undertaker is kind of reeling here. Yeah. He's able to knock Flair down, but Flair just keeps getting back up. And, and Undertaker's just kind of staggering away. 
Yeah, what other choice does he have? Flair is pissed. I love these jabs. They're so they're so nasty looking. Yeah. And Undertaker just falls out to the ring. For the second time. For the second time. And now Flair's kind of taking a minute to breathe, I guess. Yeah, probably a good idea. You guys are not that young. True enough. Evan just jumps at him. <laughs> uh, but like gets balls in the face. Yep. But gets caught, and Undertaker smashes him into the ring post. Yeah, that would hurt a lot. And just look at Undertaker's body language here. He's he's a little bit winded. Ooh. And Flair goes down. I should point out that all the punches that we're seeing are closed fists also. Which, which would, is not allowed. Which is not allowed in a normal match. But this is a but no this dis- is not a normal match. Right, this is a no disqualification match. So, closed fists are legal. But we know that wouldn't stop either of them anyway. True enough. True enough. These guys hate each other. Yeah. Well, that's why you have a match like this be no disqualification, because they hate each other so much they just get disqualified in two minutes. And the match is over. Like the first punch, it would have been like, Flair, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Done. So, he's, he threw Ric Flair back into the ring... And gave him a second. Ooh. And he's, he's thrown these, these, these big hammer blows now, and Flair finally takes a knee. Yeah. But you have to imagine that Undertaker already has had a harder fight than he imagined he was going to have. Yeah. But he pissed him off enough. I love that some fan has a sign that says, Jess 316. <laughs> You're not fooling anybody, Jess. Oh, someone has a sign that says Matt with an arrow down. <laughs> that, I, unfortunately, I wasn't here in Toronto. <laughs> you should bet. I'm going to pretend that was you. <laughs> I think there was also a sign that said Kevin Smith. <laughs> I think so. Oh, oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh. What the hell was that? So. Holy shit. Undertaker just threw Ric Flair into the corner so hard that he flipped over and then kicked him in the face and knocked him off the apron to the floor. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which is not a thing that anybody should be doing, much less somebody who's north of 50. But, but take a look at the Undertaker's face. He's bleeding. Ric Flair is not. So Ric Flair has taken first blood here. Yeah, but just gotten his bat his back broken like he's Batman. Right. So he's he's taking a bunch of unprotected punches to the face at this point and Yeah, he's gonna be bleeding now. Yeah. Undertaker dragged him over to the same location where Ric Flair was raining those unprotected punches on him earlier in the match, which is a little bit poetic I think. Oh yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I and mean, Flair's uh Back up to his feet. Oh, he's bleeding now. Uh, he's bleeding a lot now, yeah. Oof. See, I said before, it kind of feels like Watchmen. Yeah, Because the first, the first part of the match was Night Owl beating up all these, all these younger thugs. And now, the and thugs. And the tide has turned, and it's turned hard. Yeah. Oh, Flair. Yeah. At this point, it becomes like, 
it's not so much, oh man, look at this old man go. It's like, oh, this old man is dying. <laughs> yeah, we are watching a murder. Right. It's... He's, ooh. He grabbed his butt there, I saw that. <laughs> this is from your alternate reading of the match where this is some kind of uh, dance of seduction. I will point out every homoerotic subtext when I see it. Yeah, so... Again, they would hate fuck each other so hard in that bathroom. Oh, definitely. Oh, man. Look at Flair. He's the same color as his tights at this point. Just bright red. I'm like, he's Ooh. completely matching. So, at this point, it's worth noting that we've seen approximately zero wrestling in this match. It's just been straight up punching. Yeah, if you want to be generous, you could say that Ric Flair leaping at Undertaker was a flying body press. But, nah. <laughs> I, oh, oh, literally just fell on his face. Holy shit, that's a lot of blood. Yeah, that's the uh, the flare flop, they call that. When, yep. flare, when Flare's getting beaten up so much that he just kind of takes a header. Oh yeah, he did that in the Arn match, too. Yep. In response to a much more, a much less severe beating. Oh, oh, but he's coming back now. He's coming back with these chops. These are the chops that he used against uh, Terry Funk. The, the big uh, chops of the chest to kind of take the wind out of him. Ooh. Ooh. Ah, that. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, and he just got rocked with a clothesline in the corner and, oh, and a, a kick to the jaw. Oh, my God. Yeah, look at this. Oh, God, poor Ric Flair. There's blood on the camera lens. Look at that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the sign that just says, what? <laughs> that's where I am right now. <laughs> what? Yep. Oh. He just keeps shoving him into the corner and just beating the shit out of Ric Flair. Yep, just a huge assault on the oh. head and neck of Ric Flair. Oh, this is going to be bad. Yeah, so he's set Ric Flair up on the top rope, which is bad news because Ric Flair as a 50-year-old man, probably shouldn't be being thrown from the top rope all the way to the ground. But, uh... But here we are. Oh, no. Oh, no. The balance. Oh, my God! (laughs) Oh. Oh, look at the look on Flair's face. Oh. And that's one, two. And Undertaker pulls him up. Look at how horrified the referee is, too. Oh, replay. Yeah. So, under, what we're supposed to understand here is that Undertaker had the match won. He could have pinned Ric Flair here and decided he would rather beat him up some more. Yeah, I caught that. And do you see the look on the referee's face when Undertaker picked Flair's shoulder off the mat? Yeah. He was like, what the fuck, dude? Stop it. Right. Which is what we're all saying right now. Yeah. And he's going to continue working on the head and neck of Ric Flair. He's taking the Arn Anderson approach. That's right. Yeah. Arn was, uh, was grinding on the, the, the arm and shoulder. And Undertaker... He's straight for the head. Straight for the head. I'm pretty sure he's going to do... 
I think I know what he's going to do here, but I'm not going to tell you what he's going to do here. Oh, God. Is he going to decapitate him? Oh! Almost with his balls! <laughs> <laughs> he, he just used his taint to try and take off Ric Flair's head. So he draped Ric Flair's head outside the ring. Flair's body was inside the ring. His head was hanging out of the ring. And he did what was supposed to be a leg drop, but yeah, he basically just tainted Flair. And he put his head just now into his nuts, too. Yep. And once again, could have beaten Flair, has decided against it. He's a sadistic son of a bitch. Yeah, and just look at those laser-focused punches to the open wound on Flair's head. I know. Just prolonging this beating, even though he could win the match at any point. He's proven his point that, that he could beat up Ric Flair and destroy him at any time. That's the point he wanted to make. I know, but at the same time, like, he's in his 50s and retired. What are you really proving except that you're an asshole? <laughs> well, just that, over and over again. <laughs> I mean, what else is the point of this? I'm a huge asshole. Watch me beat up a retired wrestler. <laughs> Cool, and, good job. And his best friend and his son. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Flair managed to roll out of the way. You would imagine just on instinct. Yeah, just smash his own tank. Oh, Flair's still got some fight in him, though. Well, when you're the underdog and the crowd starts chanting for you, you get renewed energy, right? That's true. Oh, so Flair's still... He's still firing up, but it seems like every time he hits a comeback, there's less of it. His hair is red. Yeah, Ric Flair, platinum blonde hair is completely covered with blood now. It's like red and pink. It looks like an ombre dye job from some fancy salon, but it's just blood. Yeah, so Undertaker at this point is going to go for his one of his signature moves called Old School. Oh, I know this. Oh. <laughs> And Ric Flair, with enough wherewithal to yank Undertaker off the top rope by his arm. Smart. Yeah, that's not, Ric Flair is a smart wrestler. More chops. Remember, the point of the chop is to take, yeah, wind him. Oh. And at this point, one, two. Now, he tried to hold him down for the three that time, and he couldn't do it. So at this point, you have to imagine that Undertaker's even more upset. Yeah. Ooh! Oh. Wow. So he went for another one of those big kicks, and Ric Flair ducked, and Undertaker wound up catching his, his top, you know, his leg over the top rope. So now Flair finally ha has a minute to breathe. He is ah, raking what a the eye. Yeah, well, he had his his fingernails under Undertaker's eyelids. Oh, and now he's got that pipe that Undertaker was. Ooh, trying to kill the Rock with earlier. Yeah, you think he wouldn't have put that on the bike again? Well, he was clearly intending to use it on Ric Flair. Well, that backfired. Oh, there's the blood. Yep. So now Undertaker's bleeding, and the same precision we saw with those punches, now we're seeing with this pipe. Oh, in the gut. 
Ooh. Uh, bye, pipe. And the pipe rolls away. Way the fu- far too far. But you have to imagine that. Look at, look at the blood on Undertaker's face. That's sort of a visual signal that the playing field has been leveled at least somewhat. At least somewhat. Yeah, ow. <laughs> yeah, he just threw Flair. Look at that, like, is that like a, a Mongolian Sherpa in the front row behind Flair? Did the Dalai Lama get tickets to WrestleMania 18? God, I hope so. <laughs> oh, Ric Flair has somehow procured this sign that says, Keep Off. I guess that's, like, maybe for the pyro? Maybe. There's a bunch of them along the sides there. Maybe just for the entry, entrance, exit. Yep. But at this point, Undertaker is, is hurt, definitely. Yeah, neither of them looks too good, but Undertaker's definitely weaker right now. Yeah, Flair's on his second wind, and Undertaker has taken some blows from that pipe and that sign. But Flair is firing up. Yeah, that crowd energy, man. Oh, more punches. Oof. Coming off the ropes, and oh. oh. Taker pops back up. Oh! Oh, yes, I love a good ball kick. <laughs> and that was a very good ball kick. That was awesome. That was a blatant kick to the dick. Uh-huh. Which... No disqualification, so go nuts, oh, Flair. So here we go. This is Ric Flair's figure four leg lock. This is the same hold that he used to beat Terry Funk. This is the match that broke the will of Terry Funk, who supposedly could not be broken. Of course, when he, he put it on Terry Funk, he'd been working the leg of Terry Funk for a couple of minutes. Here, he's been working Undertaker's head the entire match, so probably won't be as effective. Yeah, sprang back up. Ooh. Neck again. Yep, he manages to counter out of this hold by just sitting up and grabbing Ric Flair by the throat and up and down with a nasty choke slam. Yep, so now that's one of his signature finishing moves. He's going to go for the pin again. And Flair kicks out. And look at the look on his face. He's livid. He's livid that he can't put Flair down. One, two, and Flair kicks out again. before on more than one occasion about Flair's stamina. Yeah. Which is definitely to his advantage. <laughs> oh, fuck the ref! Yeah. He's just attacked the referee. He's losing his shit at this point because this is not how he expected everything to shake out. And now he's got that lead pipe. Oh, fucking Undertaker. Oh, a kick to the knee. Maybe softening him up for another figure four. Another chop. Working on that wind. And now he throws him against the ropes. Boom! Arn Anderson has teleported into the ring to hit him with a spine buster. Oh, but Undertaker escapes that too. Jesus, literally just like threw him out the ring. Yeah. Uh... Undertaker kicked out of that move so hard that he threw Flair out of the ring. Ugh. 
<laughs> Dad's going to take him another beating here. R.I.P. Coach Anderson. Always doing his best. Grab that pipe, man. Dad, grab... Dad, Dad, what the hell was that? Art Anderson bleeding already. He just, like, he got into the ring and just, like, stumble-flopped. Yeah. Well, he's been... next to the pipe. <laughs> Look at wearing his official event t-shirt. Arn Anderson tucked into his black jeans. Oh, with a belt. Oh, Ooh. chair. Was that a braided belt? I bet it was. Ooh. And now Flair's got that chair. Just raining these blows on Undertaker. Flair with the chair. Undertaker managed to counter that. Why are you so sweaty? I was watching cops. Exactly. Did you put your, draw, put your balls on my drum set? <laughs> no. Did you put your balls on my Ric Flair? <laughs> yes. yes. A lot. Oh my god. Uh, it looked like he was going to go for a power bomb here. Oh. But Ric Flair is just such dead weight that he can't do it. And here we go. Over the shoulder. This is his death move, the Tombstone pile driver. Yep. Boom. Bam. On the neck. Right on the neck. And one, two, three. Damn. And Night Owl 1 bites the dust. I think he might actually be dead. <laughs> Would it surprise you to learn that Ric Flair wrestled for another ten years after this? Badly. <laughs> okay, that I agree with. Yeah. Oh, and the ref. Because you, you have to imagine, what what did he want out of this match from the beginning was to humiliate Ric Flair, and he. Well, he did that. I don't think he did. I think. I think he would have, if he ended the match without giving Ric Flair that chance to fight back. All those times he let Ric Flair. Uh. Up, yeah. That's a good point. And I think he failed to prove what he wanted to prove, which was that he was ten times the man Ric Flair was or whatever. I think he proved that Ric Flair, despite being outmatched, despite being like 10, 15 years younger than him, despite being retired, put up one hell of a fight. Oh, yeah, I agree. He definitely fought. Yeah, if you were trying to prove that Ric Flair wasn't a patch on you, Boy, you shouldn't have taken 27 minutes to beat him, huh? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so here we have Undertaker kind of weakly raising his arms up in victory and, and riding out on his motorcycle to go listen to some, some good, good Fred Durst. But man, what a fight, huh? That was insane. Nicole, what did you think of this match? Oh, it was definitely bloody. <laughs> I'll say yes, yes. I feel bad for Ric Flair, <laughs> which I was not expecting to. And I feel really bad for Dad. Dad Anderson. For, yeah, for Coach Anderson. <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta admire Arn coming out of uh, coming out of out of the woodwork there, essentially like a a Final Fantasy summon. Yeah, I was kind of expecting it. Oh, were you? I probably would have been disappointed if he hadn't. Oh, we didn't see any appearance from David Flair. 
that's well, yeah, because he never recovered from that shower beating. Yeah. Probably. He, he probably died in that shower. <laughs> <laughs> He's just laid up in traction. Forever. In, a, in an iron lung. <laughs> For the rest of his days. For the rest of his days. Poor little kitten. <laughs> you know, we talked about in the in the original Ric Flair and Terry Funk episode, we talked about people having multiple primes. So this is the third era of Ric Flair that we've seen. We saw the first one where he was sort of at his, at his athletic peak and then we saw him in decline and that sort of turning him into a crazy person. Yes. And then this is another six or seven years after that showing him as a guy who is definitely in the twilight of his career, but he's making up for the loss of physicality with just increased aggression and insanity. And I would say crazy old man Ric Flair is one of my favorite versions of Ric Flair. Why is that, Matt? Because he's just so much fun to watch. Like like I said, he's like Bob Barker in Happy Gilmore. A.K.A. the best part of that movie. Yeah, absolutely. The price is wrong, Undertaker. <laughs> Not what you were expecting, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I love this match. I think it's, it's severely underrated. It's rarely talked about as one of the great WrestleMania matches ever. Which, Why? Because, you know... Great WrestleMania matches are usually, you know, four championships. You know, or, you know, you talk about the main event. This was kind of in the middle of the card. And it wasn't The Undertaker against somebody who was supposed to be one of his great rivals. This was supposed to be, I think, just like a a throwaway attraction match. Because you have these big stars and you want to have them on the show. And I think it really was better than that. I think this yeah, was... Yeah, that was intense. Yeah, it really was. You know, yeah, and I'm sweating like I was watching cops. <laughs> was that what you were expecting this match to be? I don't know what I was expecting. All I knew was that it was going to be Undertaker and Ric Flair and a lot of blood. So I knew it was going to be dirty. But it wasn't dirty in the Ric Flair traditional sense of Ric Flair dirty. Minus a small cameo by Coach Arn. Right, right, yeah. It was just straight up mania. It was literally WrestleMania. (laughs) It was WrestleMania where there were like five wrestling holes. Yes. It was Brawlamania. Brawlamania, it was snapping street gang. Just ass-kicking extravaganza. Oh, man. Now I want nothing more than, like, a West Side Story sketch where they start, uh, you know, snapping and leaping around, and here comes Ric Flair out of an alley in in his wrestling underwear wielding a lead pipe. (laughs) Just swinging for the fences. <laughs> Undertaker just starts punching his own hand in the background. Ugh. Oh man, so this is a good this is a good this is like one of those things where it's like 
Uh, who would win, or would you rather fight? Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck, or a hundred duck-sized horses? <laughs> that that kind of thing. Oh man, I think one horse-sized duck, personally. So then the question is, that's like an ostrich, though. I don't know if I would want to fight an ostrich. So then the question is, would you rather fight the entire cast of West Side Story or Ric Flair and The Undertaker? West Side Story. <laughs> that changed my mind. I changed my answer. So if you had to fight alongside Ric Flair and The Undertaker or the cast of West Side Story against a horse-sized duck, who would you pick? Well... It's almost not fair because a duck can't snap its fingers because it doesn't have fingers. It would just have to, like, stomp its feet in a puddle and make, like, a... Yeah. Quack. <laughs> That's the sound it would make every time it, it punched you. Quack. 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 I don't know which is better or worse, honestly. Now that I think about it, when you mentioned The Undertaker going... Every time you punch somebody... Do you know who Lex Luger is? Yes. Okay, so Lex Luger, whenever he punched somebody or got punched, he would go, DOSH! <laughs> it's kind of like women's professional tennis. Almost always women. Every time they serve... Ha! Ha! Every time. Oh, you know what it reminds me of? The sound of when somebody loses in Street Fighter 2? Yes! Yeah, 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 yeah. Why is Venus Williams always losing at Street Fighter 2? Why is she so bad at Street Fighter 2? You'd think she'd be amazing. She makes the noise. <laughs> <laughs> you think she'd be like, nah, I got this. Would you rather... Would you rather face Venus Williams in Street Fighter 2 or Lex Luger at Street Fighter 2? Venus Williams. Would you rather face Venus Williams or a horse-sized duck? Just walking down the street. Just That's it. Wit now, fuck Mary Kill, Venus Williams, a duck sized, a horse sized duck, or the cats of West Side Story. Okay. Mary Venus, kill the duck, fuck everybody in West Side Story. All of them. All together. Big snapping orgy. There is an orgy in Spanish Harlem. <laughs> Something's coming. I don't know what it is, but it is gonna be great. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you 
using actual West Side Story lyrics hmm. in the West Side Story orgy. But, Too meta or perfect? Now who's but who's that riding up on your West Side Storgy? <laughs> it's Lex Luger on the back of a horse-sized duck. And he does not look happy. He's like, what? Why wasn't I invited? And the duck is towing just a trailer with the Street Fighter 2 machine on it. And he goes, we got a score to settle! And who's that coming in from the corner? The Golden, golden Boy! boy. <laughs> okay. This is beautiful. This has been another episode, another wonderful, wonderful episode of I Hate Wrestling. Uh, my, my theme song is The Crusher by the Novas. My wonderful, wonderful... Wait, I've been practicing. What have you been practicing? Do the eye couch. <laughs> Dosh! <laughs> Get up off of that thing. <laughs> and punch it, you'll feel better. <laughs> oh my god, man. My, my very good logo is made by Crypto Not. <laughs> Please listen. Please subscribe. Please like on on Facebook, on iTunes, on SoundCloud. I think I broke mad, everybody. Subscribe, rate, review. Is that what people do? I guess. Nicole. What? What's your? What's your? What's your pro wrestling character gonna be from now on? Size duck. God damn it. <laughs> Everybody from West Side Story. <laughs> oh my god. Traject oh my god. Trajectory. Trajectory. This fits. <laughs>